everybody. I'm Connor, that's Doug, and this is the Bethel School District Presents Podcast. And boy, howdy, do we have a great show for you this week. Doug headed over to Evergreen Elementary for a conversation with Principal Extraordinaire Lisa Whitmire. They sat down and talked about renovating schools, how Evergreen was denied the chance to repeat as a blue ribbon school, even though their academics continue to be off the charts. But before we get to that, Doug, I've got an incredibly important question for you. From your tone, I can sense its importance, Connor, and my response, my answer will be snarky and half thought out. Perfect. Wouldn't expect anything else from me, Doug. Question is, in some wild alternate universe, you are granted your very own late night talk show. Who do you invite as your first guest and why? First off, I love hearing the silent H's in just about every word you said. Who and why and Whitmire. It's really a delight working with you today. I don't know what Nespresso pod you picked this morning, but use that one more frequently. It's fantastic. Back to the topic at hand. I have a late night talk show. Who do I have a lot of thoughts going through my head right now. One... The first guest has to be a good one, right? Because I'm going to need to get audience up so I can they can get excited and I can keep my show going. Do I need to take that into account? No. <laughs> okay. That takes a lot of pressure off. <laughs> so who is the question is basically, who's a famous person I'd like to talk to? Yes. That narrows it down, doesn't it? So I have just done a Google search for famous people. And just to give our audience some ideas before I get there, Barack Obama, Taylor Swift, Beyonce, Leonardo DiCaprio, Johnny Depp, Kim Kardashian, Will Smith, Jim Carrey, and Miley Cyrus are the top nine. Uh, the top 10 makes it Michelle Obama. So two Obamas. I'm going to pick none of them. In fact, my pick is going to be none other than the great Chris Pratt. And I wanted to show up in character as Andy from Parks and Rec. He would be a blast to talk to. I love watching him. He's always very funny. And I think it'd be a great conversation. Not bad. I would watch that. Well, I appreciate your viewership and hopefully sponsorship of my late night talk show. Connor, how about you? You're given the gift of gab on TV around the 1130 hour. Who are you drinking coffee with on a late night talk show set? Hmm. Which celebrity do I choose? Do I go with Rock the Dwayne Johnson? Do I go with Ryan the Baby Goose Gosling? No. I'm going to go with a lower rung celebrity who I think would have great stories, great rock on tour. One, Mr. Jason Schwartzman, drummer for the 2000s rock group Phantom Planet, nephew of one Mr. Nicholas Cage, grandson of Francis Ford Coppola, and one Max Fisher from the 1998 sleeper hit Rushmore. First of all, for our listeners, Connor just pulled all that information right out of his head. He apparently has an Ancestry.com set up for the Schwartzmans. I have to admit, I am a Schwartzmaniac. And also, his better role, rather than Rushmore, is the Darjeeling Limited, where he plays Jack. I also loved him in Moonrise Kingdom, and really, he is a fantastic actor, but he can be on your show. I'm going to stick with whoever that guy was that I picked. <laughs> You've already forgot, haven't you? I have, and it doesn't matter anyway, because speaking of interviews today, I'm talking with someone I've interviewed a number of times over the past 10 years. Lisa Whitmire is principal at Evergreen Elementary School. Lisa, you've been in Bethel at least as long as I have. I'm not sure, possibly even longer. When I first met you, you were a teacher on special assignment. Now you're principal at Evergreen. To get us started, talk about what inspired you to become a teacher in the first place. Well, you are correct, Doug. I have been in Bethel a long time. In fact, I've been in Bethel for 24 years. 
And honestly, I wasn't sure I wanted to become a teacher after my university theory classes, but after just one spring practicum at Graham Elementary, I was hooked. I was able to teach students and see them get excited about learning. I was lucky enough to work on a team that worked as a PLC before that was even a thing. We used student data and planned all our lessons together to help reach every student. To top it off, I got invited to their fifth grade outdoor education that year at Camp Sispis, and I got to connect with families and really have that community feeling of how it takes everyone to make a great school program, and that kind of cinched the deal, and I've been in Bethel ever since. That's fantastic. So how long were you teaching before you became a TOSA? Gosh, I did my practicum back in 1997. I started teaching in 1998. I was in the classroom for 17 years. Then I was a TOSA, an AA, an AP, and now principal. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. When I first met you and we did a video about TOSAs, which are teachers on special assignment, it was eight years ago. I, I looked at it just today. We focus on how TOSAs help young teachers become seasoned educators. I'm sure that's definitely part of your job now as principal. And I really want to dig in to that and everything that goes into the role of being a principal. Principals aren't the villains in John Hughes movies anymore. And <laughs> not only are you focused on your teachers and staff, you're working with students, you're working with parents. I imagine you're the go-to person when something goes wrong in the building. So tell me about your job as principal. Is it as challenging and rewarding as I'm painting a picture of right now? Yes, being a principal is actually immensely rewarding and challenging, more so than I had ever imagined. Of course, there's those tricky situations with students and adults, um, but I always try and approach them with an air of gratitude as it's an honor for me to be in a position to help find a positive solution to those situations. My first step is just to make a connection with the individual and try and see things from their perspective so we can find common ground and, and work through to find a solution together. I do have to wear many hats on a daily basis. I create and maintain systems and schedules of operation for safety and effectiveness. I spend time with students. I support staff, engage in family communications and connections, and work through budgeting. I work with committees, create professional development, fulfill district responsibilities, but now I also get to work on the modernization of our school and this new construction project, which is super exciting. I will say the best part of my job, though, is working with students and teachers on classroom practice. I love being an instructional leader. That was part of my job as a TOSA. Um, and empowering students in the classroom is really where my passion lies. I don't think you can ever really take the teacher out of me. When teachers are willing to seek new learning and receive feedback for the sake of student engagement and growth and achievement, it's, it's just an incredible thing to witness. So I feel like as a principal, like my student body has grown to now adults and students. And this is what education is all about. Like we talk about we want our students to be lifelong learners. And as a teacher, as a principal, you are definitely a lifelong learner. It's kind of what it's all about and what makes Evergreen such a great place. Well, Evergreen Elementary is a great place, a very special school for our district in 2018. In fact, Evergreen was named a National Blue Ribbon School. I have it on good authority that you all aren't resting on your laurels here and you haven't let the academic slide. In fact, word around the water cooler is you would have gotten the award again this year if there wasn't a rule in place for stopping schools from winning it year after year after year. So tell us about how Evergreen is still excelling academically. Yeah, this is a huge honor and Evergreen did earn uh, the National Blue Ribbon School in 2018. We were contacted again by the nominating committee last year and asked to be a part of that campaign. However, the requirement for time lapse between when you're awarded and can be awarded a second or third or fourth time had not yet passed. So then we were deemed ineligible. We are excelling. And I think that that is due in 
part to the teachers and families that are dedicated to our students. Like we're a real community here. We're the center of the neighborhood, the hub, so to speak. Our student achievement so far is looking really great this year. And looking at our fall benchmark data, our grade levels, all grade levels, are making between 61 and 88% accelerated growth in reading and between 69 and 84% accelerated growth in math, which is it's phenomenal. Our teams are working really, really hard to make sure that students are, each student is successful and they're really making sure that we drill down to the individual. Absolutely. And we both know that if kids aren't in school, they can't learn. And that's one thing that you all touted on a recent visit from OSPI. We'll actually talk about that in just a few minutes. But one of the things that you brought up during that was your attendance record here at Evergreen. Something special is going on here. Yeah, when we first came back from COVID, our attendance was very poor. Part of it was due to the mandated you know, isolations due to exposure. However, attendance was regularly around 70%, and our goal is 90% or better. So we um, started some attendance campaigns. We have class and grade level competitions. We have attendance achievement bracelets, announcements with facts about attendance so we can educate our families and students, and postcards that go home to individual students to let them know where they are in uh, relationship to the attendance goal. As a result, for the 2022-2023 school year, year, we had 354 out of 550 students or 65% at over 90% attendance. We had 27% between 80 and 90% attendance and only 8% with below 80%. And we also have some check-in check-out programs with our social worker, Chelsea Rambo, for those students that are still struggling with attendance. And we had really good success last year where eight of our students went from below 80% to achieving the school goal just from that individual attention. That's fantastic. We both know there are many reasons kids could be missing school, some of them family related, but even just missing two days of school a month is a big deal. Missing two days a month is a big deal. Again, our goal is 90% attendance, which would be missing less than two school days a month. Research shows that students that have 90% attendance have a higher graduation rate than even those that meet standard on the SBA in eighth grade. So just being here, making those social connections and being present for the learning has an enormous impact. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a great statistic. And if you miss two days a month for the whole school year, you miss 10% of the school year. It's, it's a shocking number because two days a month doesn't seem like that much, but it really does add up. Your school recently hosted a very large group of visitors. I was part of it including the Washington Association of Maintenance and Operation Administrators, the Office of Superintendent of Public Instruction, the Association for Learning Environments, the American Institute of Architects, as well as district and other school staff. They toured the new Natchez Trail Elementary before coming over here to Evergreen. Here at Evergreen, you received $12 million in state funding assistance for the upcoming expansion project that you referenced earlier. And before we go any farther, we need to send a big thank you to our voters for approving and funding this project as part of the 2019 school construction bond. This is a really exciting time for your staff and students. And students actually got to speak up about the upcoming expansion to that group. They did it via video, in your words, so they don't miss any time in class. 
going back to that being in class is so important piece. I love that. What are some of the things the kids brought up and what are you and your staff most looking forward to with the new building? Oh my gosh, this is indeed an exciting opportunity and we are incredibly grateful for the funding behind this project, both from our local voters and from the state. Our students did an excellent job of articulating concerns that they generated all on their own and that also echoed the same concerns of the staff. Some of the things they brought up were the fact that our current health room is very small and only capable of hosting one student at a time. Our kitchen serves more than 400 breakfasts and 550 lunches every day, and it's about the size of my modest kitchen in my own home. Uh, We do not have a cafeteria, so to allow our students to eat breakfast and those in the portable classrooms to eat lunches without carrying them back and forth in the weather, uh, we split the gym in half, which means we only have half a gym for the entire day. Additionally, our 1970s bathrooms can really use an update, as I'm sure you can imagine. And our library is open concept, which looks cool, but with it being in the center of the school, it's not really a relaxing, quiet place for reading and study. And so all of those things are real issues. Uh, We also have right at school, before and after school, child care, several after school clubs, family engagement nights, Girl Scouts, Bethel Rec Sports, and our Super PTA has lots of events, but all of these um, organizations compete for time and space. So thankfully, all of these issues will be addressed and remedied in the new construction project. Classrooms and facilities will be modernized. We'll have a new wing of classrooms to replace portables. Our kitchen will be expanded, and we will have a brand new commons to serve as a cafeteria, a meeting space, and another community meeting area. It is going to be a fantastic upgrade. I'm glad you brought up the community spaces. We're a school first, but you said earlier this is the hub of the community. I know during the presentation you mentioned there's yoga classes that meet here. How important is Evergreen after hours to the community? You know, we are at the center of our neighborhood, and we do really important work here before and after school. So we are really looking forward to a building that looks important and is worthy of hosting all of these amazing students families, and programs, because we really do want to uh, foster positive growth and development all day long for as long as we possibly can. I really love that. I love your passion for your students and for the community here. I love that it's a community hub. At the beginning of the show, Connor and I talked about having our own late night talk shows and who we would invite as our first guest. So who would you invite if you had a talk show that you would want to sit down and chat with? Interestingly enough, I would not invite a pop culture celebrity. The first person that comes to mind is actually Ernest Shackleton. I read a nonfiction uh, novel with my first sixth grade class about his epic journey called The Shipwreck at the Bottom of the World. For those of you that don't know, Shackleton was an Irish explorer who led a crew in a race to be the first team to sail to and traverse the Antarctic continent. His ship, the Endurance, departed from London in 1914 and didn't return until August of 1916. They actually lost contact with the world a few months after departing. Their ship was crushed by ice. Their crew managed to escape and live on the ice for 18 months, take a lifeboat across the cold Antarctic waters, land on a whaling island, but they landed on the wrong side. So then they had to climb a mountain range to get to the whaling station. And through Shackleton's leadership and optimism and courage, his entire crew of 28 stayed together. They stayed optimistic and every person survived 
this horrific journey of two years. And so I would interview him to find out about his leadership. I know his family motto from reading the book was by endurance we conquer. And, you know, he says things like difficulties are just things to overcome after all. And the world is a huge place. How will you know where you fit unless you explore beyond your comfort zone? And I think those are all things that as a leader in education, I need to keep in mind and keep at the center of everything I do. So I would be a little bit of a nerd and I would interview a historical figure. I absolutely love that answer. And no one, it sounds like, deserves a hot cup of coffee on a late night set more than (laughs) Ernest Shackleton. Very good answer. Lisa Whitmire, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Doug. I really appreciate it. This has been fun. Wow, Ernest Shackleton, that's a great pick and a historical figure. You know, Doug, you know what we should do next week? Let's talk about which historical figure we would have dinner with if we could. Connor, we did that like in episode 52. We did? Are we running out of ideas? We've been running out of ideas since episode one. Okay, well, tune in next week. We'll wing it, I guess.